I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Fat and ugly was the theme to that of my life for at least a good six to seven years. Living in an era where, or living in a time now where like weight loss surgery is a big thing. Mm. It is also quite discouraging. Discouraging. How do you balance Mm -hmm. this desire to be desired Mm -hmm. with self-acceptance? Not that the two are mutually exclusive, but sometimes people position it as one can cancel out the other. Hello and welcome to the Two My Sisters podcast. I'm Renee. And I'm Courtney and we are your online sisters and hosts of the Two My Sisters podcast. Now we are all about promoting the wellness, growth and development of a community of sisters across the world. And in today's conversation, we are going to be discussing body dysmorphia, insecurities, battling the male gaze and so much more. The girlies are in need of some encouragement, some loving because I feel like with the evidence of our bodies as women it can just be an ongoing battle to learn to love yourself and so we're going to be discussing our own personal experiences things we've learned especially as we've grown up a little since we last had this conversation Mm. um and how we have leveraged friendship Mm. to kind of make us divest from the male gaze that's great that's great yes but before we get into the conversation of course as always we have some housekeeping announcements sweep the house sweep the house sweep the house so by the time you listen to this we have long since been back from south africa (laughs) but we said to actually you know relax our nerves a little bit yeah yeah yeah. we would record an episode just to stay on top of the consistency yeah yeah so we don't have an update as to how south africa went have to tune in to next week's episode to hear about our little recap um regarding that but we know that it oh your nails are so cute thank you we know (laughs) (laughs) we know that it will be an amazing trip and we hope that we can come with some very good news for sure for sure super exciting i mean just judging off of the love that Mm. we've received from the south africa girlies listen just girlies from the continent you guys always show up and we love it and we want to be there full time we're working on it (laughs) um so thank you so much for the outpouring of love that we have received like we haven't even arrived but we already know what the warm welcome that awaits us in south africa honestly thank you guys and also apologies to the cape town girlies if we don't make Make it it happen if we haven't made it happen we are going to make it happen we are working tirelessly to make it happen we definitely underestimate but talking about cape town if you would like for us to come to your city yes. at any point, yes. like let us know where should we come to next? Because we don't are know. Saying TMS World Tour and Listen. all of that. So let us know, like, where do you want us to be? Where are we popping up? Where are we doing up sisterhood link ups? You know, crazy. If you don't tell us, we won't know. And we won't know. So let us know where bloop. you're at, where we should come to. Highest boats wins. Can't lie. Literally, because the Cape Town girlies, Highest the way they arose wins. and showed, goodness. So yes. Goodness. Are there any other housekeeping stuff? 
Well, not necessarily a housekeeping, yeah. but more so just maintenance. You know, our book is out. Our, our paperback book is out. Come on, come man. on, come on, come on. February is the month our paperback book came out. We're actually having a party very soon. Yeah. Um, to just celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. To just celebrate um, TMS yeah. and everything that has happened for us and yeah. to us in the last three years of doing this podcast, so including exciting. our new book yeah yeah what crazy is it new is it old it's more it's of a new. refresh it's more of a refresh it's more of a refresh but she's so pretty oh uh, the girls have been complimenting the oh. blue man you know what i think what's beautiful about it is that it's blue yes i think sometimes we think of like you know female oriented sisterhood is always pink and yeah. obviously our hardback was a really nice shade of coral yeah. pink but we thought let's do like the royal blue yeah it's giving a royalty about I it i really really like it it's you should get it serious book you should get so it definitely get it for your bookshelf it's absolutely gorgeous but even more importantly inside is packed with so much wisdom and gems about building lifelong friendship unlocking the life-changing power of female friendships and so we really hope that you enjoy it and to the sisters who have already got the book right one year strong yeah thank you so much but i have a request you know how I'm always shouting, like, rate us five stars. Rate. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. we need is for you to actually rate us on Amazon Thank now, you. please. Mm-hmm. It would be really, really good for us as authors and for our book in general to just have some really good reviews um, there. So please let us know how you found the book. Did you enjoy it? What do you think people can take away from it? So go onto Amazon, search for our book, search for your purchase and just leave a review. Please. please it would really 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 help us to all the sisters help around the world who have read it please leave an amazon review if you can yeah that's my housekeeping yeah i think the house is actually swept we're Bro. coming towards the end of february by the time you guys are listening yeah, to it so crazy we hope it's been going well yeah lol it's a leap it's a, it's a leap year so make what sure that your national renee month so you it know. is yeah no Wait, national yeah. renee there month you, you know we're we're still coming in strong if you are following me or following our pages, you will know that I will have been insufferable this month. That's my plan. I'm speaking it into existence. So hopefully you'll be able to have, you know, looked back and been like, oh, wow, Renee was insufferable on all social media platforms because I will completely like just remove myself in March. Um, so enjoy. I hope you've been having a great time. I hope God has blessed you mm-hmm. abundantly in this month. What I love about February as well is mm-hmm. it's one of those months that is so unassuming. Like people don't, like when people think of like months that they love to enjoy and have fun, they think of the summer months or like when you think of the winter months, it's very much winter cadence. Mm. I feel like February is one of those like weird, almost in between months. I hear you, but I feel like because you have Valentine's Day. That's true. But then if you don't have a Valentine, sometimes folks can be like, I'm not celebrating for that. Don't you? <laughs> which, which is why we need to find another national another holiday thing. to eclipse um the depression or oh, it's the month with 28 days that's very unique there you go yeah 29 and this in, exactly like this, year. this year is a leap year so praying that everybody gets their lucky leap this yeah, year especially this month that. so amen to that that's yeah wonderful. what is an actual unassuming month though august is a bit strange uh, unless you're a, a bit, summer kid like it's a, a bit of kid, a weird sorry. one you've got the summer holidays october Halloween mm. but I, I hear October I hear October very very June yeah very mundane <laughs> I know people's with their birthdays that's in June birthday will be like month. yeah I know that's their birthday month I kind of feel like May is like that a bit May is my birthday month I feel so like it means something to me May for me because I have at least five people I know that have birthdays maybe six people born in May. so when was everybody's May parents knacking before I want to say September 
Wow. Yeah, that's when the, the people were out here doing their thing, man. And then the November babies, what were they? February. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thousands. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, so obvious. Your like, parents November were just. November babies are currently being made. Shacking up. Yeah. Wow. Wow. November babies are currently oh, being made. made. I love that. Oh, yeah. shout out to all the sisters that are pregnant and don't know about it yet. Woo. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to worry about me. Woo. Okay. Wow. 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 There's someone knocking. who is worried about something. Can so let's imagine? get into the ding, ding, ding. Dilemma. Let's go. Cool. Hi, Courtney and Renee. Hi. I'm 17 years old and I've Aww. been loving your work from the time I was 15. You've really been the big sisters I need. Oh, I love it, My dilemma is quite tricky and mm-hmm. lengthy, so I apologize for that in advance. Mm-hmm. To be very honest, sis, compared to some of the things we get, it's uh, actually this very is... good. Yeah. They're <laughs> all good. My best friend and I met in our final year of high school mm-hmm. and we've been friends for about two years. She was in boarding school and I was in day, so it was a long distance re- friendship. Mm-hmm. In November last year, we both got into the same uni. Accommodation is quite hard and mine is taking long to be approved. Mm -hmm. So she gave an open invitation to go live with her if I wanted to. I recently took her offer. Sorry, I recently took her up on her offer and lived with her for two weeks. Mm -hmm. In the first week, she started to claim that her things were missing and I felt as if she was accusing me. I'm a law student and she is in STEM. So we have hectic classes Mm. and some of her other friends frequently pass by her room. Then she would use accusatory words when something happened. Like this one time her thermostat for her fridge was moved and she blamed me. I asked someone to lift her fridge and I cleaned it up. Mm. I asked her if she was comfortable with me being in her space and she and she said she was but her actions were not really matching up. Mm. Furthermore, one of her male friends has been vibing me and he didn't tell her about it. So, in our little chat, we discussed it and she was okay with it, but in our second week of living together, she was very distant and acted like I was invading her space. Mm. So I left that weekend and came back home, which is a 30 minute drive to school our mutual friends and her roommate think we should have a conversation but i think i did my part when i asked her if she was fine with everything Mm. i don't know what to do and i don't want to lose her as a friend because she was really there for me last year my mum said that when my accommodation issue is sorted i should give her a gift of thanks and mind my own business afterwards (laughs) and i don't know what to do now Thank you for any advice you give a sister from Zambia. Oh, a sister from Zambia. Shout out to our Zambian girlies. Um, Thanks for sending in your dilemma, sis. It is a tough one because I think that friendships are often tested when you are in very close quarters and close proximities, especially something like moving in with someone, no matter how short it is, right? Um, So I'm so sorry that you had that experience. It can be really tight and tough. And as much as we often like to think that we are good people and, you know, we uh, hope for the best and we hope that when we are in those kind of circumstances that we'd behave the best sometimes that's not necessarily the case and that's okay um shout out to mumsy yeah. i think that she was definitely right On in terms money. of right in terms of you know giving a gift of thanks or at least appreciating your friend for giving that space i think it can be quite easy to kind of go on the offensive as opposed to recognize the fact that your friend actually did a good thing in offering you um an opportunity to stay with her during a hard time no one can deny that that was a nice thing and a, yeah. a nice gesture so i think your mom was definitely right in terms of let me acknowledge my friend and say thank you at least for that i think that 
because you actually want to continue this friendship and because you are not prepared to lose your friend, it is worth having a follow-up conversation. I think the initial conversation that you had, I don't know how conducive it was for you to have a very transparent conversation about how both of you were feeling. So kind of asking, oh, is everything okay? I can imagine just within the scope of a relationship, it's not necessarily an opener per se. And I don't think you gave yourself the opportunity to share with your friends some of the tensions that arose, right? And I think what makes it even more difficult to have been able to address it whilst you were living with her is mm. that you're in her space. Mm. So I think now that you're actually at home, you're getting your accommodation sorted out. Yes, give your friend the gift of thanks, but also think about having a follow-up conversation now that both of you have had a little bit of distance from that period to kind of address some of the issues that both of you had yeah. and maybe lead in with, hey, I appreciate you so, so much for the things that you did for me during that time. It was a tough time and you gave me a space to live. Here's my gift of thanks. And because I really value this friendship, I really want to kind of create a space for us to share some of the tensions that arose from that period. Mm. Um, and hopefully there will be, you know, the benefit of the doubt. Obviously, we cannot control what her yeah. response would be. So I think be aware of that um, and be cognizant of the fact that whilst you may enter the conversation with good, the best of intentions, you can't control the response. But I think there's ways that you can go about it to minimize, um, you know, her potentially going off on the defensive um, whilst still honoring the fact that you have some pertinent tensions that you need to bring up as well as the emotions that she undoubtedly felt mm. um, that were undealt with and you um, undoubtedly felt that were not dealt with. Yeah. I think in terms of the accusations and all that kind of, you need to bring that up ASAP because there is nothing like that kind of tension, feeling like your friend stole something from you, but yeah. also equally feeling like you're the thief of the situation. Yeah. It sounds like you are not. Listen, I, I'm not gonna say, listen, listen, because we don't have all the facts. I ain't calling you a thief or nothing um, at all. But I think it's worth um, sharing with your friend how undignified that made you feel mm. um, and kind of highlight, okay, there's, first of all, it's a very disrespectful thing, especially because she didn't um, address it directly. Mm. It seems to be because of the proximity in space, it was very difficult for you guys to have direct conversations. Yeah. So I think address how undignified it made you feel, but also the lack of directness and clarity made you feel even more uncomfortable. Um, I think it also didn't help that both of you have very hectic schedules. Shout out to both of you pursuing really incredible, really you know, stuff. you know, a STEM babe and a lawyer. Yeah, literally every African parent's dream. <laughs> so <laughs> it is true that both of you guys are in very intense um very intense professions or very yeah. you're hoping to be in very intense professions so i think a nod to that as well right that sometimes these tensions can arise as a result of the pressures that both of you guys are feeling Absolutely. at this time um in terms of the vibing with the male friend and stuff like that that one is also a t for type one i think it's worth having a conversation about comfortability and also talking to your friend and directly addressing the fact that you felt some distance as a result of you sharing that you and the male friend may have been pursuing something mm. i think there may be something undisclosed there i don't know but it's worth again if this is your friend and you want to continue having an intimate relationship with her that's not something that you can hide especially because that's her friend as well Absolutely. um so yes yeah, sis i think this is one of those ones where 
it's happened. You're now sorting yourself out. You are now getting your accommodation sorted. You have some distance, so you're not in the same space as her. But I think it's worth having a follow-up conversation after you've created the parameters through which you can have the conversations, right? So creating the safety, making sure that you address every single thing that has annoyed you or the tensions that have arisen, but also making sure that you frame that conversation around the fact that this is your friend, you love them dearly and you want to continue this relationship. Um, So yeah, that's what I would say. I completely agree with that. I think you're spot on. I think the advice your mum gave you is really, really good. I think sometimes as close as our friendship can be, everyone is just different when, like you said, there is an extreme amount of closeness because you live together. Um, And that can just show you like ah, the worst sides of people. Maybe your friend is not used to living with somebody at all or living with family or um it sounds as well because you said she has a roommate it kind of sounds like you guys are sharing the same room Mm. and that is very intense especially when you're also very busy and she may be very particular about stuff like you mentioned about the thermostat with the refrigerator or you know things are going missing and she's kind of pinning it on you um I do think you sound very innocent in this case and I don't think it's nice to be um accused of anything so Mm. I agree with you I think you need to bring up listen I understand that this is not maybe the best living situation for us both and I really do appreciate you um allowing me to live here but I don't appreciate the accusations I would never do something like that and it really does feel like a an attack on my character and I just want you I just want to be on the same page Mm. are you still comfortable with me being here and I think really ask open-ended questions like how has our living arrangement kind of made you feel now that we're in the flow of um actually studying do you feel like this is still conducive for you your schedule where your headspace is at do you want your own space back Mm. um kind of just ask her these questions because at the end of the day as much as she's your friend you're not entitled to her space yeah and if her feelings have changed maybe she is struggling to articulate that she actually doesn't want you there anymore and I know it can sound harsh but everyone has their own you know particulars about their space and so given that your you know your university campus is only 30 minutes drive away from home I would see if you could consider going back home for a little bit of time I know there may be a long commute don't know what your access is to like a vehicle to drive and what public transport is even saying Mm. but if it is that you know this is this situation is becoming a little bit hostile and you don't want to lose your friendship maybe distance could make it better Mm. and so maybe consider going back home till your accommodation is sorted and the only reason why I suggest that is because it's a long it's a short-term solution yeah like your your accommodation will eventually come through and potentially see if there's another friend you could stay with for a little bit of time but I think your mum is right in saying you know give her a gift tell her you're thankful but maybe distance is the best thing versus trying to force this situation to happen Mm. you've tried it it doesn't seem to be working out too well I think it's worth voicing out how you feel to your friend and giving them the platform to voice out how they feel to you but I don't think that immediate result of that should be oh we're gonna stay in this Mm. living arrangement Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like it's working um so for the sake of your friendship move back home yeah get out of there girl yeah move back home if you can um because it, it just sounds very stressful mm. and like a strain on your relationship um at no fault of your own but it just you know live I mean we live together mm. and it is a huge learning curve mm. luckily it's worked out well in our case mm. but I think even when we moved in together there were sides to each other which we saw which we had not seen before because yeah. of proximity yeah you know so 
it's it happens it happens it's not an indication of her being a bad person i think it's just different spaces separate yeah. spaces yeah and that's okay yeah absolutely man well sisters we hope that was well sister we hope that was helpful sisters mm. if you have advice please drop them in the comments let us know your perspective have you had a roommate a housemate before have you had to you know crash on a girlfriend's couch Listen. Um, let us know how that went give us some advice for our little sis and mm-hmm. all the best sis in your studies as well keep us for updated sure. on that so the both of you yes. and also if the other sister is listening into this podcast episode because oh, she could be talk go talk to your babes go man. talk to your friend man because this could be one big sleepover. Literally. You know? Literally. Fun times. All right. Well, into the main conversation. Ooh. Body dysmorphia, yes. insecurities, the male gaze, Ugh, ETC, 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 being a girl. Yeah, being a, <laughs> AKA being a woman. Being a girl. Um, how has your relationship with your body changed as you've gotten mm. older you know you're 20 you're 27 now mid 27 oh my gosh big girl <laughs> i'm just a girl <laughs> that has where's been... that song from <laughs> it's like one of those Is shows like, like a nickelodeon yeah one song. of those Nic- just a girl <laughs> i think that's the best <laughs> it's been ringing in my head for the past like two weeks that is really funny <laughs> but yeah my relationship with my body mm-hmm. it has improved dramatically as mm, i've gotten older talk to dramatically us, talk to us, i think when i was younger so i think i've shared a lot about my like physical journey when i was a kid i was definitely on the chubbier side definitely got bullied for it um and having that prolonged season of despising myself and despising my body even as I was changing my body I still had a very poor relationship with my body and that was where the body dysmorphia kicked in right so yeah when I was younger definitely on the bigger side had the aunties always you know kiki and saying you know when are you gonna lose weight when I was like 11 and I'm like well I can't do that I have parents you should talk to them about that do you know what I mean like parental responsibility (laughs) there's not there's not that much i can do um and just the reality of navigating a world where you were different from the norm right where everything and everyone that was desirable you were not it Mm. and i think i've also shared this before but the story of like one of the first guys i ever liked me telling my friend and she saying you know you ain't cute and he don't think that you're cute because the words i kid you not Word for word was he thinks you're fat and ugly. Hey God! <laughs> Every time I hear this, right, it gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. Blood so, you know what I mean? Can you imagine Let's being like assassination? Fam, can you imagine being like thirteen or fourteen and the first like proper crush you have, your friend, not even the guy himself, but the, your, your friend, friend actually yeah. comes to tell you he thinks that you're fat and ugly, and the fact that he actually even shared those words with her. <laughs> god is your friend your friend pause yeah do you think he actually said that i don't know you know i don't think he did wow your friend was an op wow i don't think he said that her name's not adrienne but adrienne if you're listening to this you're an op i don't you're not good i don't think that because i think even if he said that for your friend to relay it to you, those say with those same words your friend was an op it's not but i also don't see a guy Mm. Even at our tender age, like yeah. boys used to be horrible sometimes. And girls, we, we as teenagers, we were just horrible. Like um, but I don't see him being like, oh, she's fat and she's ugly. Mm. He could have said you were dead. I- Do you know what I mean? But I think Jesus. he then translated it into a way that was yeah. like. Sinister. Do you get what I mean? So I don't. Sinister. 
I don't. I think your friend was an op. Sorry, yeah. just to oh, that trust me. I've done the reflection and yeah. I've realized that not the some of the folks you call your friends are, are my your friends. friends. So yeah, fat and ugly was the theme to that of Christ. my life for at least a good six to seven years. Wow. Um, and it's very unfortunate that especially for young women or like young girls to have those kind of experiences where people actively try to break down your self-esteem or they don't realize the power of their words in creating the world. So for me, in my world, I was fat and ugly. Mm. Um, Secondary school, went to an all girls secondary school. And we went to one of those girls schools where, you know, cause we are sisters, cue the cheetah girls and all that kind of jazz. So having that buffer or having that community of women who were very similar to me, went through the same experiences, whatnot, gave me a bit of a buffer, but it wasn't enough for me to check out of the fact that I was undesirable. Right. At that age, I was undesirable by men. Right. It was only until I believe when I got into kind of like my sixth form and then into university that I was obviously around a lot more men. I went to a mixed university. Um, even though I went to a mixed university, I wouldn't say that the folks that I was looking for were there, but it's okay. We moved. Interesting. <laughs> we mixed moved. Mixed by gender. Yeah, mixed by gender, but by other <laughs> metrics of diversity. Not so much. Lacking. Yeah. <laughs> Lacking. But you know, you know what? Now nah, let me not let me leave that for the TMS hot takes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, going to university and having all of these experiences ringing through my head and still having a very poor relationship with my body, but now I was in an environment where desirability was not just to be a particular body, but also to be a particular like race, yeah. right? Like I was in a predominantly white institution, and the folks that people found desirable in that environment were skinny white girls. And I was the opposite of that, complete opposite. I often refer to, well, most of the black students at that time, the chocolate chips and the cookies. Um, So even that was constantly reinforcing, even though it wasn't as active as, you know, you're fat and ugly, the environment was basically affirming I was fat and ugly. Mm. Um, So I think it was my second year of university that I was like, oh, I'm going to make a change Mm. to my life and change my body and change my appearance. And it was very unfortunate that I did it the really unhealthy way and developed an eating disorder Mm -hmm. and ended up doing, I laugh about it now, but then when I think about it and think about my mindset at that time and think about how much I hated myself, Mm -hmm. I wish I didn't spend so much time keying into what people thought of me or allowing those words to shape my perception of myself. So I was doing the whole waking up at dawn, running. I hate running. I still hate running. Mm. I think after 30 minutes, I think it's a boring endeavor, but everyone that runs, I love it for you. Mm. Just not for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was running, I was eating. I think when I was looking at like my fitness pal from like 2018 and 2017 and whatnot, my fitness pal was like 500 calories a day or like between 500 to 800 calories a day. And whenever I ate over, I would feel so guilty and like disgusted with myself. And I'll think, oh gosh, I have to make it up by running another mile or whatever. So I lost weight very, very quickly, but I still had a really bad relationship with my body. And I was being affirmed by everyone around me. Everyone was saying, oh my gosh, Renee, you've lost so much weight. Like you look so good. But internally I was still thinking I'm fat and ugly. Mm -hmm. I must've lost like maybe 30 pounds, 40 pounds. 
And I'm still in my head saying, yeah. Renee, you're fat and ugly. Yeah. And it wasn't until um, an intervention with my brother, God mm. bless him. Mm. Shout out, Brian. Shout He's out even to listening Brian. to this podcast right now. It wasn't until I had an intervention. He was like, Renee, I've noticed that you've been losing a lot of weight, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, and I was very unhappy with my body because I didn't have the body shape that I wanted. I didn't have the body that everybody was desiring or lusting after. Um, and he was like, you should try weightlifting. Mm. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. And he was like, if you're going to do that, because my body, my brother, <clears throat> my brother has also similarly gone through a body transformation. Yeah. We were like the two like chubby kids when we were younger. And he transformed, he went through the, sim the almost the same journey as me, mm. whereby he completely transformed his body. That guy had, he still has a yeah. six pack. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Brian's he is amazing, fitness man. master of the Honest universe. To God. And, and like to give you context, last year, I think he did huh. a challenge where he did 365 days of gym. And Can exercise, you imagine? And he did it every single day. The there wasn't of discipline. Kuni, there was not a day that I didn't look at this guy's story. And he was on it. Me too. I said, <laughs> whoa. Sometimes I had to minimize it. Sir. <laughs> you got to wrap it up. I was in his and inbox frequently, just clap emojis, just, clap emojis, just, killing it. And he went yeah, on sorry. holiday as well. He yeah, was still doing he was it anyways. This one, but you know what killed me about you when you did what? that 23k steps Today's another oh, one, cool. Renee. so it's okay we have cool, to get cool, we cool need fun. to we need to do standing podcast the problem, at this point uh, walking pod. <laughs> the problem is i want a walking pad yeah one we'll get to my story anyway yeah they have a weight limit yeah and two where the hell am i gonna keep it I live in a London new build. And you know what's There's funny? No there was somebody, oh guys, sorry for the tangent. There was, I saw a walking pad and yeah. someone was like, oh, this is for those of you that don't have little space. Courtney, this walking pad was this big. I said, I will step and fall <laughs> off that walking pad. There is not enough treadmill space for this cool. nonsense. So yeah. Um, but yeah, my brother intervened and he said, the kind of body that you're after you need to eat food. Like you actually need to re eat real food. And he calculated my macros and he was like, how much are you eating? I said like between 500 to 800 calories. He said, are Absolutely you, are you not. actually sick? Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, it looks like, I, mm. it sounds like I am. Um, and it took a good, I want to say two to three months before I said, you know what? I'm going to give this a go because I feel so bad in myself. Mm. Like not just physically, I was tired. I was drained. So yeah, I just felt bad internally. I decided to increase my calories to eight, 1,800 night and day yeah i said oh food is good <laughs> and then he was like you're still under eating yeah. you need to eat at least 2200 2300 that's like basic and i was like oh i'm so scared he's like yeah. well what's what's gonna happen and i was so deathly afraid of putting on yeah. weight um long story short i actually increased my calories to around like 3000 yeah. because i was eating so much under the amount that is necessary for my body i actually had to go through a period of overeating to correct like yeah, there was so many like unforeseen like issues that yeah. has as a result english it's okay Whew. you'll get there i will <laughs> somebody that's 27 <laughs> there, there was so many unforeseen ramifications of my decision to under eat like my period was coming less late. yeah it was coming late it was much more sporadic um i was constantly exhausted mm. i was mentally drained mind you i'm juggling this with at the time i was acs president but i was also doing this committee, this committee, this committee in my and second studying. year of university yeah. and studying. Um, so it was a really, really tough time. But then having that experience and then also having my brother as my support system and seeing the journey that he had made saved my life, yeah. like genuinely saved my life. Even as I was going to the gym, even as I was seeing the results, I was still having a poor relationship with my yeah. body. I was still thinking, oh, I need to look this certain way aesthetically. 
And it's really interesting how you can be doing all of the right things. You can be transforming your body. You can be doing all the things that people look at you and say, oh my gosh, you're so inspiring. And yet internally, you still hate yourself. Mm. And honestly speaking, I'm like 27. I think I was 23 or 24 when Mm. I can properly say I was happy in myself, Mm. like happy with the way that my body looked and felt. And it wasn't attached to, funnily enough, how I looked because I got to the place of where I felt comfortable with how I looked because I started to become quote unquote desirable. It was okay. Now your bum is lifting. Now, you know, the fupa is going a little bit, but still I was seeing insecurities. I was still seeing imperfections. And it wasn't until I made the conscious decision to start training for functionality, start training for how I feel. But also when I really reconnected with God that I realized, ah, I don't need to do anything to be loved. Yeah. I'm already loved. That's so good. And switching your mindset from having to constantly do works in order to be loved yeah. is different to operating from a place of from love. love. So, so respecting good. my body, no longer doing the extremities of, you know, working out. I still work out, but I do it because I really enjoy it. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that my body is perfect in the way that society wants a woman to look but I'm really happy with how my body looks. I'm comfortable in myself. There were days where I felt uncomfortable wearing like bikinis, for example, because I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I've got a little bit of tummy or like cellulite or whatnot. I have a real body and I'm really happy with the way that it looks. I'm really happy with the fact, okay, I've got a little bit of a tummy. Okay, Mm -hmm. who's going to beat me? Nobody. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So that was my journey with my body in a long-winded way. I went through the whole... I went for a lot and yeah. when I reflect on my relationship with my body and the misfortune of having people speak those kind of words into mm-hmm. my life yeah. at that time, I realized just how important it is to promote body positivity right. and not necessarily body positivity as a look, but yeah. actually how do you feel within your body and what's your relationship like with your body? Do you honor your body or are you constantly in a cycle of punishing your body because mm. you don't match up to what society says is desirable? Mm. Um, and looking at things like exercise or physical well-being as an act of self-care yeah. and not as an attempt to fit into the norm. That's so good. Um, so that was me that's really good i really enjoyed that i've been yeah. hugging the mic but and body is banging man i'm Look trying you, but i got a little something I'm you got a six pack now okay somebody girl, sometimes i got it in the morning sometimes. after i've eaten those chicken sometimes. wings baby girl well, that's the reality that- do you know what i mean that's like you said you've got a real body that's what real bodies do child i love that i love that thank you for sharing that openly um and so honestly i think mine is a very similar journey of growing up i mean you said you were chubby as a kid i'm chubby now i'm big now i'm bitch big all my life all my life i had to fight um yeah like i i'm just built this way um i think one thing growing up like my dad was very affirming mm. of the fact that like listen you come from a family the women be built like they be <laughs> they be thick the women be big they be thick <laughs> um and similarly like my mom was just kind of like you know there are there are some people in our family like genetically this mm-hmm. is kind of what you're shaped like but i mm-hmm. think for me it was tough because as much as there was sometimes that affirmation around oh you know this is normal it's genetic as you get older or whatever like your baby weight and yeah. all of that um there was also still that pressure of you need to lose this weight like 
and and policing the things that I would eat yeah. or how I would behave or how I would dress. And it, it used to feel very like, similarly it came from like mom, aunties, um, just random people in mm. church or like family just being like, oh, you need to lose weight, you're getting big. And it's just like, it's really demoralizing when you feel like you can't wear the clothes that you want. You don't feel desirable. Like I think throughout my life, that's something I've really battled with. Mm. This idea of like desirability and not only being you know fat or like mm. not only being a plus size woman but also being dark skin mm. also being taller than the average woman yeah. like just feeling like oh boys don't like me mm. and i remember like i would have my childhood crushes and no it would always be unrequited oh my god it's okay, it's and it was so it's painful fine. because i always had friends who were the object of men's affection so mm. i was just always that ugly friend like and that's how again that was a story I was spinning in my head that always followed me like my friends were always quite either petite or they were fairer than mm. me complexion or they were just like perfectly shaped and it was just like damn um I was thankful like within secondary school I did have you know I think going to an all-girls school helps with this yeah. you see a variety of different women and it kind of makes you feel like oh okay but even sometimes the bullying comes from there yeah um, which can be hard like when women also tell you you're not attractive mm. and you're undesirable it can be really heartbreaking and i think growing up there was always that contention of i don't think i'm pretty mm. i don't or it's not even i don't think i'm pretty because i think i have one of the most amazing you faces. have a fantastic face thank you very much but that's the that was the problem right yeah. it was just like that was everyone's go-to your face is so pretty and it's like but i am not just my face do you go i'm mean, yeah the rest of me and the the silence there was always like your body's not mm. and i think that's always what i had in my mind so then like growing up i would do everything like trying to lose weight trying to yodo diet running walking <laughs> um, not eating eating a lot trying this diet sorry trying to do, do you that. remember that era where we were all getting waist trainers absolutely <laughs> i had a corset i had actually. a corset, had a corset with boning yeah <laughs> we actually had like problems issues issues deep issues um <laughs> but things like that i couldn't even stick to that for long uh could it breathe <laughs> <laughs> can you believe we used to sit and wear tight corset yeah, for 12 to something at hours. the tender age of 17 nah, years old this is Paige, the co-host of giggly squad and i want to tell you about a company that i've been loving olive in june olive in june gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Oh, like you're actually. in the court set of Bridgerton or something. Um, <laughs> that's where it all started. That's where it all started, isn't it? But there was just this like desire to look like a, the particular thing you thought was attractive. And I think growing up in those tender ages of like maybe 15 to mm-hmm. 19 was mm-hmm. like the dawn of the BBL era. Yeah. So then it's like, there is this portrayal of this distinct body that you need to yep. look yep. like, and it doesn't look like me. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I think, when I got to 19, I was really struggling with this whole idea of like, every time I try to do a weight loss journey, it fails. Mm. Every time I even put in the effort and I do it, mm-hmm, I lose mm-hmm. weight and then it comes back super quickly. Yeah. And then at 19, I found out I had PCOS, yeah. which is like a hormonal imbalance, which makes weight loss really, really hard actually. Um, and that was also another like really challenging thing to accept in regards to accepting my body because now it felt like my body was actually working against me mm. and my desire to be desired was being kind of sabotaged by my ovaries inability to sort this sort itself so, out. Get, get itself, get itself together. together. And so that was really challenging for me because it kind of felt like I had no hope that I'll ever look like what I think I should. Mm. And so I kind of had to start letting go of this idea of what I think I should look like and what I think is desirable. And I think being single for a long time didn't necessarily help for a while because it also felt like I'm single because no one wants me. Mm. And so it was just kind of like, you know what? I'm, I've got to start reframing this in my mind. Um, I need to stop thinking that my body needs to look a particular way before I deserve to be loved. Yeah. I need to stop. And I think it's more so I need to stop thinking my body needs to look a certain way before I'm deserving of my love. Mm-hmm. Right? Like as much as maybe aunties will never get it and I'll never get the, you know, affirmation. Oh, I look so good. Okay, cool. But for me, I can dress in a way, I can speak to myself in a way that suggests I actually love myself. Yeah. And similarly, I think faith definitely helped because it was like, okay, God, if you've known me and you doesn't if you've known me since before you designed me in my mm-hmm. mother's room and knitted me in my mom's room, then you knew at 19 I'll be diagnosed with PCOS. Mm-hmm. You knew this is something that I'd be birthed with. So you knew this would be a part of my story. So I have to trust that you're doing something with it, whether it's something you're teaching me or it's something I'm going through in my own life to be able to help other people. There has to be some kind of glory you get from this. And I think one thing I've been learning about my body has been at whatever size I'm at, it doesn't dictate my value. Um, And I shouldn't be frustrated with myself. Like I think my body has taught me so much patience Um, even like going through a weight loss journey from 2021 and like being able to lose a considerable amount of weight and then plateauing, Mm. that was really discouraging because it was like, damn, like I thought I was on my way to being slim. On your Zoom. Do you get what I mean? Um, And it was like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe it's just learning that movement isn't just about achieving a particular shape with the desire to be desired. Do you get what I mean? And with the intention of just becoming desirable and Mm. attractive. And I love that you mentioned you didn't have the body that people lusted over. Mm -hmm. I think that was another thing that I had to kind of contend with, which was that as much as I also found men very annoying and I didn't actually want a boyfriend, (laughs) like I found men very scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, I did want it to I did want to be lusted over. Like I wanted to be the object of somebody's affection. Mm -hmm. And then even thinking that it's like, I wanted to be sexy. And then I think with faith as well, realizing that, oh, like this idea of sex appeal, Mm -hmm. like where do I stand Mm -hmm. with it? 
um, which is another conversation for another day, yeah. maybe a hot takes episode. But yeah. I think what I learned on my, what I have learned on my journey of evolving and getting older is your body's going to go through so many phases exactly. and you are in control. Like despite my like PCOS and having a hormonal imbalance, like I am in control of my body. I'm mm-hmm. in control of what it does. I may not be in control of how it acts every day, mm-hmm. but I'm in control of what it eats, how it looks and um, like f- on the outside on the more controllable parts but also how I feel about it Mm. like I can control my emotions towards it um and so I think nowadays I'm kind of just embracing that like there are gonna be some days where I look at my body and I think I don't like that picture or I don't like how I look in this outfit um so it's now about you know being patient and knowing that there will be days where I also look at features and I think I do like how I look and I do enjoy the way that I look but I don't know, it's kind of hard for me to even sometimes talk about this topic because I even today was a day I woke up and I just thought, Ugh, mm. like, why is my life like mm-hmm, this? Why mm-hmm, is my body mm-hmm. like this? Um, and as much as there's like, oh, go on a weight loss journey and all of that, I think for me, and this is the last because I've been hogging yeah, the mic no, as no, well, no, the last point that I'll touch on, living in an era where or living in a time now where like weight loss surgery is a big thing, mm. it is also quite discouraging for me in a way because it's like is that my only option Mm. and I've been having way more conversations with friends who are like you know they've either done it or they're they're going to do it Mm. and in my head I'm kind of like oh is that like the only route for me because I feel like I've tried everything but then also this is linked to like and this is just huge vulnerability and oversharing I think this is linked to my feeling towards oh Courtney you can never be consistent Mm. but then it's like I've been trying to do so much work on myself on no you can be consistent I don't want to make excuses Mm -hmm. but like this is just the reality do you know what I mean and sometimes you can feel like oh maybe this will be the the quick fix not the quick fix but like do you get what I mean like this will be the solution to the issues um but then it's also a route I really don't want to go down so then it's like so do I just have to accept that this will be my body forever? Yeah. Um, but then there's also like other things that play into why I definitely know I need to like lose weight more, mm. rap- like not rapidly, but um, with urgency. Mm-hmm. So Thank I think you for my, sharing that. no worries. Yeah, I think my my relationship with my body has and is still complex. Um, I definitely don't. I think I see myself in a way that's not accurate. Mm-hmm. This is true. But it's quite weird. This is very true. It's, it's quite, it's just quite strange. I think when you've trained yourself to not like yourself there and you go. The society continue, continues to train you to not like you either and like you're always the butt of jokes, I think that's when it's like, oh, wow, what does it even mean to be a woman? Like, you know, I think even with like femininity content and stuff, mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes the way I look, I am the one that they're saying, don't be like, mm-hmm. you know, don't mm-hmm. look like, don't act mm-hmm. like, don't sound like. And it's like, but I think I'm pretty dope. You, you are. Know? Um, and it's not in a, I want someone to love me. Yeah. It's more in a, why is it so radical for me to love myself? Because society is contingent on how much you can hate yourself, friend. Yeah that's true society profits yeah it's true it's just challenging sometimes because i think people don't often consider like and i mean i'm not even the person who's the most like marginalized i don't think of people with like disabilities Mm. or things like that yeah that's completely that are completely outside of the desirability picture um 
yeah, it must be really challenging. And I know it's challenging for me personally. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the question that I wanted to go into is how has, even though we're talking about your friend, that was odd. Yeah. How, <laughs> how has friendship and how has sisterhood actually helped you mm-hmm. um, in your journey of self-acceptance yeah. and accepting and loving your body? No, I love that question. I think the biggest way or one of the main ways for me is allowing myself to exist outside of a frame that isn't colored with the male gaze or romantic love. I think growing up this whole idea of the standard of beauty was very much wrapped in desirability by men and desirability um, just of women in general by men. Mm -hmm. And I think sisterhood and platonic friendships and the reason why i'm so passionate about like female friendships is it allows you to exist in a different plane it allows you to exist outside of the gaze um not to say that the gaze doesn't penetrate sometimes because we know that sometimes women can be the greatest perpetrators of internalized misogyny however for those sisters that are keyed into that for those sisters that genuinely care about you and can lift you up and can support you those spaces can allow you for a moment to see yourself outside of somebody else's gaze. It allows you to just exist and be happy and be functional. Um, It allows you to just be free as well. Anecdote, but do you remember when we went to Morocco for Jackie's birthday? Shout out our friend Jackie. Oh, guys. (laughs) So our friend Jackie was having her birthday and it was- We went to Marrakesh. We went to Marrakesh and it was a great time. It was one of the few times we were able to get out of the group chat into (laughs) a plane. Um, so we, we thank God for journey mercies Amen. and there was Have a we moment. Done it since? I don't think as a group we've actually traveled successfully together since. You know what? No. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, we'll work on it. Yeah, there we go. There we go. What a time. What a what time. time. <laughs> Everybody just decided to continue to do things with their life and whatnot. Yeah. But we still hang out all the time. Yeah. It, just yeah. in the UK, you know, yeah. cost of living. Um and there was a moment where we all went to go do the massages, hamams. the little hammams and all them them t- things there. And it was such a funny moment because we didn't realize that we had to be naked, naked. We thought it was a, okay, bikini or whatnot, or like maybe, you know, we're going in one by one. They were like, no, three or four of you are going in our time and you have to be naked. I felt like a newborn baby, like literally naked, naked, no pant, no, I don't, is trigger warning necessary? I don't know if people, <laughs> no, are, okay. if people are offended by <laughs> nakedness, but naked naked (laughs) naked like and we were all like oiled up in a non-sexual way guys like just oiled up ready to enjoy the mists of this this steam room wigless mind you i remember i came in an ice blonde bust down courtesy of cdv (laughs) had to take that thing off i felt like (laughs) i was inside my mother's womb and i'm there sat like this titties out (laughs) looking around i'm like courtney's over there she butt naked jackie's over there she butt Butt naked Oh, it was an experience, but it was such a bonding experience because being able to be naked, not to say that you should just run and go and be naked with your friends, please, you have to have have (laughs) (laughs) please get consent and whatnot. But in that moment, not feeling those insecurities that you might feel with nakedness in general, not feeling that you were just simply being consumed by a male gaze or consumed by somebody's eye, mm. actually just in this quite awkward, random situation with your friends where you are completely naked, almost to me symbol symbolized the nakedness of sisterhood. Yeah. The fact that there is nothing to hide here and yeah. I don't need to feel uncomfortable here because 
as much as we're different, there's so much sameness that we share. You're there, titties out. I'm there, titties out. She's there, butt naked. I'm there, butt naked. There's yeah. nowhere to run. Yeah. But not not just that there's nowhere to run. There's no need to run. Mm. And that level of comfort in sisterhood is so important for women. To know that you exist outside of being consumed by someone. To know that you exist outside of having to perform for someone. To know that you can just simply exist is something that I wish for every single woman. You can exist outside of somebody else's gaze. Um, And I think sisterhood has been so pivotal in giving me the permission to exist. Um, It's also been a great comforter when, you know, things are not going well, when I have been consumed by the male gaze and I've been hurt or maimed as a result of coming into contact with that, right? Mm. Sisterhood can be such a protective force for women that have um, poor body issues, Absolutely. you know? How often do we often feel like down about ourselves or the way that we look? And we say, sis, how am I looking? And you're yeah. like, girl, you look fine. Yeah. Like you're actually, you're, you're good looking. <laughs> you look cute. Yeah. Um, And you can live a life that doesn't have to be dictated by how society wants you to appear all the time. And I think sisterhood is important in this regard because it makes you feel seen. Like your sisters see you, your friends see you. And they see your body and they see your physicality, but they also see the spirit that resides within yeah, the body, the good. spirit that resides inside. That's so good. Because one of my favorite quotes is, your body is the only place you have to live. How can you live in a place that you despise? It is the worst feeling. It's almost like being trapped inside yourself. Yeah. And I think there's something about sisters and friends and their affirmation that pulls you out of that dark pit that mm-hmm. sometimes body dysmorphia or having hangups about your body um, can lead you to Mm. and then the last thing that I'll say is having friends sisters women in general gives you a realistic understanding of our bodies in general right there's so much variety in the experience of women and their bodies our older friends that have had kids not even our older friends child our age mates that have had had kids you know what I'm saying I'm talking (laughs) yeah I'm 27 my friends they got kids multiple um our friends that have had kids our friends that have been through menopause our friends that you know have gone through very big life-changing um you know, experiences that have impacted their bodies. Having that wealth of experience, having those types of women in the vicinity, it helps me remember that this is normal. Mm. Because when we look at social media, when we look at everything that's desirable, you have all of these experiences that do not fit into this. You have all of these real life women, real life bodies that just don't fit into this at all. And it's that affirmation that actually it's okay this is what you're going to experience. It's okay that, you know, when you have a kid, you don't have to snap back like straight away. It's okay that, you know, when you go through menopause, you're going to have hot flashes and all that kind of jazz. It's yeah. okay that if you're going through any kind of issues with your body, hormonal contraceptives, hormonal imbalances, this is what it looks like. So I think sisterhood has also been pivotal in giving me representation of real women's bodies, Sorry. what it feels like and what it actually looks like to inhabit a woman's body across the span of her lifetime. Yeah, that's really good. I really enjoyed that. I think similar the same stuff like I would say the big thing for me has also been 
knowing that my friends are there to support me no matter what I choose, right? Yep, and yep. what I say, I think sometimes people think women are just out here doing, oh my gosh, girl, you look so good. Mm. But I, I really think it's nice to also have friends when you say, I don't feel so good, who don't just bombard you or almost gaslight you to the point where, no, 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 you look so nice. So get that out of your mind. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I know how I feel and I know why I feel it. You What's the problem me- you look so good? Oh my gosh, the babe says, oh my gosh, no, fire emoji, fire emoji, heart. Oh my god, the baddest beats every list. Yeah. All these other, you know, you're a buddy, like, babe. You're a buddy, babe. You're a buddy, you're a buddy. No, I'm fast. <laughs> like I am, and it doesn't mean I'm not those things. Like mm-hmm. I, I, because I also think there's this like um, there's this thing that people get into habit. Yeah. Of, oh my gosh, I like I feel I'm not happy with my size right now. No, my gosh, you're so beautiful. I didn't say that. Anymore. <laughs> First of all. <laughs> I said this is a weight issue. <laughs> so you can unlearn that. Right, right, right. No, that's so clearly. funny. She said, whoa, I still think <laughs> whoa, that whoa, I'm wait. the ish. Hold on a minute. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, that I don't want so people funny. who just feel like, no, this affirmation looks like telling me that my insecurities are not valid mm. or telling me that my insecurities should not exist. Mm. I think it's more so I need support, yeah. not just affirmation. Yeah. Affirmation yeah. is good. It's my top love language. But I think support is a different thing, whether that's a listening ear yeah. or one thing that you do, which is so encouraging is when I'm like, okay, Renee, like I need, I want to go back to the gym or I want to figure out like my macros and stuff. Like you lend that knowledge to me because that's your world. That's what you enjoy. So it's like nice to have someone who's like, okay, that's what you want to do. Let's think together, Mm. you know, bouncing off ideas is is the best thing for you to do. But then also how can you go about doing it and how can I be supportive on that journey, whatever it looks like. Similarly, when I'm not feeling gym, there's that, you know, support of, okay, you know, let me hold you accountable. You can do it. But then also let me hear out why. Mm-hmm. Like, is it, uh, are you tired? Are you exhausted? Are you feeling pain? Da-da-da. Like even today, like telling you that I'm having like a PCOS flare up at the moment. It's like, oh, okay. Let How do I support you through that? Like understanding your body. So I think there's something so beautiful about the intimacy of sisterhood mm-hmm. and how that allows you to be seen in such a vulnerable and like you said, naked way. Yeah. But also people's response to that. Because I think even like to that her mom experience, Experience, we don't then start you know poking and prodding oh you look like this I look like this there's no comparison there's no judgment there's no um even reference to the past in a negative way it's mm. just very I accept you for who you are yeah. it is what it is and however you need me to show up for you I will show up for you mm. so I think one big role that sisterhood has played for me in my body with uh, in my journey with my body has been around support and people just offering that listening ear in that sense um but i also love that you said that when you have friendships in real life with real women you realize that women look different right the a real woman's body is not one thing there's no universal look and as much as you know i have friends who i'm like damn you look so good. Yeah, so real rap, yum, yum. real rap. Do you get what Some I mean? girls, I'm, I'm no better than a man. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no better than a man. <laughs> the, the female case. Uh, you look so good. You look yummy. Oh my gosh. Like, let me Fantastic. guess up. Listen, do you ever have the, maybe this is a hot text, but I'm like, do you ever have those moments where you're like, wow, God knew what he was doing when he made Absolutely. me a female. Because if I was a guy, I'd be out here. Absolutely. Hoeing like a whore. Hoeing like a whore. 
because some women mm. women are just built women are just tasty man um but it's like it, you, as much as i have friends that i look at and think damn mm. those friends also don't make me feel like i'm not that yeah, either. yeah. like i'm not pretty yeah um and so i think it's also being around friends who see you for more than just the surface level yeah um and having sisterhood that is um that runs so much deeper than the superficial yeah um because then it, it helps you to know that like no you're a worthwhile person more than just what you look like but I love you for you. Mm. And yes, I can appreciate how you look, but mm-hmm. also beyond that level, mm-hmm. I just really rock with you and mm-hmm. who you are. Um, that has also been really, really encouraging and affirming as well. Yeah. Um, and then I, I guess sometimes, yeah, on that superficial level, my friends let me know, girl, you look so good. Yep. And that makes me feel good as well. Cause it's like, wow, because I thought so too. Yeah. But it's glad to, I'm glad to know. <laughs> I'm glad to know someone else is like, thinking the same popping? thing as me. Damn, I am looking good You're today. Popping. You know? So that's also really um, affirming on a more positive note. Mm. So I guess to cap it off for this episode, I wanted to talk about divesting from the male gaze. Yep. And we touched on this um, in a hot takes episode yeah. about how um, a, a lady was saying that self-love is not a replacement for like romantic, romantic love. love. And so to the sisters listening, how do you balance mm-hmm. this desire to be desired mm-hmm. with self-acceptance mm. not that the two are mutually exclusive yeah. but sometimes people position it as one can cancel out the other yeah. so how should they go about navigating it especially in relation to divesting from the male gaze mm-hmm. divesting from the male gaze yeah. i think it's a tough one because the male gaze is so intertwined with a lot of the things that we do especially as it pertains to our bodies that once you realize how much it's impacting you it can be very scary yeah the male gaze patriarchy the way that we view our bodies is so intertwined and mixed in with almost everything Everything. that we do that I think the first thing that you need to do is recognize how it's impacting you where is it impacting you as well and how potentially harmful is it so when we think about gym gym is a really good example because we did have a dilemma in our inbox a while ago right yeah there was yeah there was a babe who was talking about oh you know i'm personally a christian but i find myself going to the gym i'm doing like the hip thrust the emphasis on the lower body like to what extent yeah she wants to work the glutes (laughs) to what extent am i focusing on functionality and health versus aesthetics now everything is all about balance so the first thing you want to do is identify in what ways is the male gaze affecting the way i see myself Mm -hmm. Is it affecting the way that you dress? Is it affecting the you know exercises that you choose? Is it the core reason for you doing what you do? It becomes a problem when it is the core. Right. When you go to the gym or you decide to exercise or you decide to take care of yourself or you start a journey, if the male gaze or desirability is your core reason for doing it, then it's unsustainable right. and it will never work. Yeah. Um, it can be a factor. And I think a lot of people, that's where we get the whole, oh, these things are mutually exclusive and you can't have one without the other. No, if you are somebody that likes men Mm -hmm. or if you want to be desired, I think there is something quite attractive to most people that you are willing to put in the work to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. But the core focus should really be on how are you taking care of yourself? How are you loving yourself? How are you investing in yourself? That behavior, that action, not necessarily the product, which is what you look like, 
that those actions and those behaviors are more attractive than the product in my opinion because we're so focused on getting the aesthetics we don't realize that it's actually the functionality it's the habits it's the mindset that's more attractive we're looking at the fruit and we're focusing on the fruit but most people are actually attracted to the means um so focusing on the means because you can arrive at a product in different ways but whether the product will stand will always depend on, on the, the means. Yeah. So there's so many people out here that may, you know, look very aesthetically pleasing, but it's an unsustainable endeavor that they've embarked on because they've been so focused on the product and not the means. They've really been good. so focused on just appealing to the male gaze yeah. that it's so unsustainable that they'll crash and eventually, you know, they won't have the results. They won't anymore. have the results. They won't be able to sustain the product. So really focusing on the means, focusing on the, the mindset shift, so focusing on loving yourself, focusing on how God sees you mm. um, is super, super important. So when it comes to like divesting from the male gaze, it's like, okay, what these are the ways that it's impacting me. I'm finding myself doing very unhealthy things yeah. in order to achieve a product of looking a certain way, being a certain way, being desirable. Um, and then starting to repair that damage, right? So whether it be therapy, there I know we talk about therapy a lot a on lot. this podcast, but even as it pertains to how you see yourself functionally, physically, it may be worth going to therapy. Therapy, counseling. Like, get counseling. Mm. Body dysmorphia is a real thing. Yeah. You can get a clinical diagnosis for these things. And sometimes we don't realize just how far it's gone because we don't see it as something that's serious enough. And the way that we see ourselves functionally, physically is just as important as how we are, you know, feeling it mentally, emotionally, because those things are linked, right? The way that we feel about ourselves physically is so linked to our emotions, the way that we are, um, the way that we are internally. So going to therapy, actually trying to figure out what is my relationship like with my body? How do I see my body? Do I operate from a place of self-love or do I operate from a place of self-hate? Am I punishing myself? Do I see myself going and exercising or, you know, um, eating well as a punishment Mm. because I want to get to a product Mm. or something that is intrinsic to me honoring and respecting my my body Um, and starting to focus on repairing your relationship with your body this is about you and you not you and the world not Mm. you and the gaze it's you and you Mm. you need to focus on your gaze upon your body before you focus on the male gaze on your body um and then even listing out your insecurities one exercise that i love to do is it's so we're so quick to list out our insecurities so do that but also start affirming yourself like what are the things that you like about yourself and if you struggle that's one of the biggest signs that you have a poor relationship with your body like off the bat, um, off the top of my head, if you were to ask me, oh, Renee, what do you like about your body? I like how strong I am. I like that I have really nice legs. Um, I like the fact that I can actually run now. That's really exciting for me. Um, I like my face. Like things, like being able to compliment yourself is such a big way that you can divest from the male gaze because you're not waiting on validation from other people to assert that you are beautiful and even physically because oftentimes when we're like oh self-love we think about the internal stuff Mm. right we think about oh you know i'm kind which is important Mm. but also physically do you like yourself are you happy with your features um so get into the habit of actually complimenting yourself and repairing your relationship with the body that you inhabit Mm. um quick question on that though um and this may be like kind of a hot take but like do you feel like that's easier for you to do now because to some degree you have a body that you really like mm. and like you're on the other side of that like yeah. development journey if yeah that makes sense. yeah 
Mm. Not in a negative sense. Yeah, no, no, no. No, I hear that. I hear that. I think that's a very realistic take. I think, yes, Mm. but more so because, less so because of the way that I look, because there was a point where I had gotten the product, Mm. but But I felt, I still felt really bad about myself. And there's a whole bunch of people, even when I think of like, I listen to a lot of like bodybuilders journeys for Mm. like women. And a lot of them look extremely beautiful, like Amazing. amazing figures but they were constantly pointing out like their insecurities yeah. and stuff like that. And they were like the smallest of the small, like they were the petite babes that people really looked at and desired. I think there is an element of recognizing, okay, to an extent I'm on the other side of that development journey, but it's more so making peace with the fact that I'm actually doing the work because I've decided to like myself. Cause there's entirely too many people that, even some of the people that we think, oh my gosh, they're at the pinnacle of their like body, yeah. right? Or even like the girls that we look at, we're like, oh, you are so paying. Like mm. you probably have no insecurities. Yeah. It's often the women that are at the pinnacle of their physical game that have the most insecurities. Mm. And it's something that a lot of girlies in like, especially the gym babes, mm. a lot of them struggle with body dysmorphia. Mm. And I think it's because when you get to the absolute pinnacle, the peak of what you think is desirable, you realize, ah, there's still a gap between myself and the pinnacle of being the most desired. It's almost like catch 22. The goalposts keep on moving anyways. So if anything, the closer and closer you think you're getting to being desirable, the further and further you are, because now you can see so clearly where your insecurities are. Um, so I think there has to be a conscious decision to like yourself yeah. at some point, yeah. irrespective of where you're at in your journey, you have to make the decision to like yourself. And then you have to make the commitment to showing up as that person every single day. So whether there's definitely days I wake up and I'm like, damn, you know, my stomach leaking off, my gut leaking over this. Or like, you know, it'll be holiday season and I've eaten too much. And I have a picture of my body at its peak. And I can see, oh my gosh, I've changed. I have these insecurities now. It's the conscious decision that despite of this reality, I'm going to like myself. And because I know that I have invested in myself, whether it be through, you know, the regularity of exercise or not even that, right? Just even doing things that I know are helping me, I've decided to like myself. Even the... What I love about what you're doing right now is the step challenge. That's keeping me accountable. Because <laughs> one thing about me is I'm going to get to 8K and call yeah, it a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, fam, when I saw that 23K on Goodies, I said, yo, <laughs> yo, I need to be outside. There will be times where Courtney will come and catch me and I'm just walking around or like vice versa. I said, nah, girl, <laughs> I saw that 15K on your Instagram stories. I got to get walking. Um, but that conscious decision, because I know that I've put in the work, yeah. that conscious decision, because I know that I respect my body. Yeah. Um, and also understanding the goals that you have for yourself as well can be a really great way to divest from the male gaze, right? Yeah. So it's not just about aesthetics, but it's also about functionality. Yeah. One thing that I found really helpful, and I think a lot of women should do, obviously I'm a researcher, so naturally I like finding out this information, but like how to take care of your body and why it's actually important outside of being desirable, Mm. right? It's actually important to have a body that you can inhabit because you reduce your risk of a whole bunch of like illnesses where, whether it be, you know, diabetes, that's something that runs in my family. And I've seen how it's impacted my, my, my lineage. I've seen how it's impacted a lot of people around me. And I don't want that for myself, but I also don't want that for 
my future family. So having goals that are not just oriented around the way that you look, yeah. but actually oriented around the environment that you want to cultivate, the person that you want to be, the example that you want to leave to other people has been really helpful for me in zooming out of the male gaze and yeah. focusing in on why it's actually important to show up physically. Yeah, that's, um, good. that's what I would say. Yeah, but, I really like that. I really like that. That was a good way to kind of put it and I, I hope that's helpful for everyone who was listening, man. I really like having conversations like this with you because I feel like I'm just not there yet. But it's nice to hear yeah. the journey. And then hopefully I'll be there at some point. Girl, are you on your way? Um, yeah, I hope so. No, you are sure. actually on your I hope so. Guys. I think it's, I think it's like that, like almost becoming less obsessed about like weight loss aesthetics and looking like this so that people can view me like this yeah. i think it's been tough like yeah. when you end up in your mid-20s and you're still not at your dream body and yeah. you know it like it's, it's not baby weight it's not <laughs> it can't be it's nearly 27 it can't but, be but you know what there's also that side of life right where yeah. you get into your 20s your late 20s your early 30s yeah. and what was working for a lot of people that were slimmer yeah. anyways a lot of it's folks end up putting anymore. exactly it's not working anymore yeah. so it's not even just the baby weight now it's the oh my gosh I actually need to make sure that I have a blueprint here because as I get older sorry spoiler alert to those of you guys that have been eating junk um your metabolism slows down yeah. your collagen production slows yeah. down as well um your joints are not as lubricated it's yeah. even more important for you to drink water and eat yeah. well um so I think it's the being kind to yourself yeah, as well exactly. in that you have really great yeah. healthy habits that I think I will sustain. Girl, yeah. it will sustain you that's, a lot that's more. That's what I was going to say. Like it's um, right now, like my focus has been like just habits. What can my body do versus how does my body look? Because I've realized that like to some degree, there's still so much of my body that I don't understand. Yeah, And so it's just trying to just treat it well and get it to do things which for some people may seem really mundane like and super easy but for yeah. me has not been easy like to stay consistent with walking 10k steps is like a really it's something that I found very challenging so it's yeah. even that like being able to walk being able to eat well and like not binging and I think it's less so looking at the big picture and now looking at like the smaller things and being proud of myself for that because I think there are certain things which younger Courtney would definitely have thought like I could never do. Um, and I just like that now that I'm older, whilst I may not look like how younger Courtney would have wanted me to look. Sorry, girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am definitely doing things. Like you said, the healthy habits that she probably wouldn't have thought was possible. Cause like when I was younger, I was doing a lot of like emotional mm. eating, feeling like I had to just eat more. Mm. Um, but now it's like, okay, I can at least distinguish between this is healthy for me. This isn't healthy for me. And I think yeah. my body deserves what is healthy for me or, you know, even going and getting my PCOS diagnosis and living in a way that's conscious of the fact that like, you know, manage your stress levels, yeah, sleep better, exactly. drink more water. Like you were saying, healthy habits, drink more water, take your myonositol, like talk to people and all the holistic well-being. Like holistic well-being has been a big thing for me over the mm -hmm, last couple mm -hmm. of years. So it's just nice to know I'm on the way. It's just sometimes sad to accept that it will take longer than I wanted it to. Yeah. But we are here, man. Yeah. That is good. The things that are worth having often take the time. longest time. Takes time. 
But yeah, man, sis, we hope that this was helpful. We hope that you actually enjoyed this episode. Um, As always, you can follow our personal glowing and growing journeys to see my baby killing it at the gym and me just posting my Apple Watch as I try to get my life together. Courtney just (laughs) underrates herself so completely. Like... Just trying to stay up. She with said, the, I'm just kidding with the kids. You know, hanging with Listen, the kids. Listen, let's hope I make my 20k steps today. South Africa's going to be a whole different challenge. It's going to be a whole different challenge. But I've done it before. I can do it. Again. There you go. Um, but yeah, keep up with our personal growing and growing journeys. You can follow my best friend at Renee Kapuku. You can follow me at CD Boating. Um, and you can follow the TMS world, literally, at To My Sisterhood on pretty much every platform. Everything. Follow us on LinkedIn as well, To My Sisters. Um, check out our book, as we mentioned at the beginning of this episode. Yes, and sign up to the mailing list so you can get weekly glowing and growing tips you have to know that um topics like this can be quite sensitive and very personal but as a community we want to kind of equip you with a lot of resources so sign up to the mailing list for this week's newsletter with some goodies for you as you are on this journey of accepting your body and loving yourself so um you can sign up to the mailing list at twomysisters.com that's on our website um, and we'll see you very, very, very soon. The next Woot. episode will be us back. Yeah, we'll be holiday, back. Yeah, so yeah, we'll be back. That will be. We're gonna be looking time. brown and yeah. all dewy and all that. <laughs> that so. will be in real time. By God's grace, we come with just amazing stories to tell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what a time to be alive! What a time to Thank be God alive. We are alive. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah! That heavy on the alive, heavy on the alive. So yeah, sisters, we love you, and as always, keep, keep glowing, glowing and growing. growing. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 